to the American Heart Association's formal position. Some concepts are undisputed. For one, the microbes that live in the mouth don't stay in the mouth. The simple act of brushing allows bacteria clinging to the teeth and gums to leak into the bloodstream. As the posters at the dentist's office attest, neglected oral hygiene encourages bacterial growth, allowing the microbes to breed on and between teeth as well as under the gums. What the illustrations don't show is that these microorganisms form a biofilm, a tough microbial community bound together with sugar molecules in a thin coating. This is the plaque your dentist warns you about. If you do not brush your teeth, it will sit there and accumulate. As that plaque gets thicker and thicker, there's less and less oxygen in the deepest layers, Borgnaki says. Safely sheltered, the innermost plaque starts to favor anaerobic bacteria, which, when they escape into the blood, can survive in the oxygen-starved nooks and crannies deep inside the body. As plaque builds up, gums get irritated, swell, and draw more blood into the distressed tissue. Eventually, chemicals produced by the biofilm break down the thin layer of cells that form a boundary between the gums and the blood vessels. Periodontitis officially occurs when gum and bone tissue starts to deteriorate. The space between the tooth and gums forms a pocket. Dentists measure the depth of the pockets to determine the severity of infection. We usually think of an infection as some bug from the outside that attacks the body, says Borgnaki. In this case, it's an internal infection. It was once thought that only a handful of microbial species were involved in the development of periodontitis, but the latest studies have revealed that many of the microbes responsible for gum disease come from previously underappreciated species, according to a 2015 report in Advances in Experimental Medicine and Biology. Because many bacteria resist growth in a laboratory, only a small portion of some 500 to 700 species of oral microbes have been well characterized. One aggressive pathogen, an organism called Porphyromonas gingivalis, has antennae that stick out and can pry open the space between two cells, Borgnaki says. This is a really, really nasty bug. Within minutes of invading blood vessels, P. gingivalis and its gang of accomplices are ferried to distant sites where they can set up outposts. Bacteria that normally live in the mouth are found in every organ in the body and even in muscle cells, she says. The body doesn't take this assault lying down. The immune system gets agitated and tends to stay in a state of a slow simmer. But the bacteria that cause periodontal disease have a knack for turning the body's defense on its head, according to a 2015 review in Nature Reviews Immunology. Case in point, common white blood cells called neutrophils are deployed to the failing gums, where they not only fail to control the infection, but also end up releasing enzymes that further destroy tissue. The immune system also releases an avalanche of chemicals designed to help control the infection. For example, the liver starts producing C-reactive protein, a molecule that has such an important role in signaling the rise of heart disease that it is considered a risk factor by some researchers. 
Even after two decades of study, it has been hard to directly link periodontal dynamics to blocked arteries, despite hundreds of studies that have tried. There are seemingly smoking guns, among them P. gingivalis is commonly found lodged inside arteries, and the development of plaque in the arteries is driven by many of the same inflammatory chemicals triggered by periodontal disease. Many researchers also point to C-reactive protein, which is probably present long before atherosclerosis develops. But people with periodontitis also tend to share well-known risk factors for heart disease, such as high cholesterol, smoking, and obesity. A sugar-sweetened diet that promotes oral decay is no friend to your arteries. The relationship is also hard to study because both atherosclerosis and periodontitis unfold slowly over time, so epidemiologists must rely on indirect measures.